and welcome to the NWSL Rewind coming at you for week, is this week 10, CIF? God, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, week 10, week 10. Uh, presented to you by Modern Soccer Coach. Uh, yeah, we are looking at the 10th week of the season. We're coming up on the international break, and we have our final interview or final portion of our interview with Anthony DeChico uh, coming up later on. So make sure to check out uh, what the final thing is that Anthony had to say uh, about the league, uh, about where it's going, uh, some possible things about the future of NWSL and women's soccer in general. So stay tuned for that. We have five games this week, one midweek game. So it's easy enough. We can we can get through one midweek match. Sierra, I think we'll be we'll do okay. I think we can handle it. <laughs> and then uh, four four games on the weekend. A hard weekend for big time fans of the NWSL. I'd say with all the internationals yeah. gone from multiple federations, and it really had an impact on the final results. I'd say. Yeah, I think, I mean, you're going to, as we get, like, deep into results, you're going to start to see, I mean, people like North Carolina, I mean, they're missing, you know, we'll get into it deep, but, I mean, they're missing six of their starters. And so I think, you know, you've got a lot of people that are just missing. And it's not just, you know, a couple here or there. They're missing five or six of their core group, which is a huge disparity. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of North Carolina, midweek, North Carolina with all their players – with every complement yeah. of their entire uh, roster, was able to show uh, what they're about versus the Portland Thorns in a 4-1 victory uh, in Portland at Providence Park. So, I mean, what did you – did you see anything different out of I don't think Carolina? we saw anything I don't think we saw anything different. I think, you know, I think the difference for me between the North Carolina-Portland game is I think both teams played well. And I don't think, like, if people are going to look at the score and go, well, Portland played really poorly. I don't think Portland played poorly. I think that they, I think North Carolina capitalized on their counterattack uh, goals. And I don't think Portland capitalized on their opportunities. And so I think, um, you know, you have to keep in mind North Carolina scored the first goal on a PK. Um, and and then from there they scored three goals in six minutes. So I think you know the idea that maybe Portland didn't play well. I just think that they played fine. I think that the difference of this game was is who could capitalize on their chances. And I think North Carolina did a good job of that. Yeah, I mean it was a little bit of a surprising thing for me for Portland to to come yeah. out and defend with the back in the three back or five back setup. Yep. And so. I mean, it didn't go long, you know, ultimately subs get made and they're back in a four and now maybe the damage has been done already. Yeah. But yeah. that the four, two, three, one, however you want to kind of size it up, seemed to be really working for Mark Parsons and the Thorns yeah. in a way that it was a little bit surprised that they went back to a five okay. uh, in order to, especially against such a, central attacking team that's able to right. get into positions in the middle of the park and expose then their fullbacks at all times in, on the width. And so for me, it was such an interesting way of kind of going about it. And I don't know, 
you know, maybe they might have done things differently or maybe they saw those matchups trying to get an even number matchup in the middle of the park, four versus four, uh, but also right. keep your your shape up top as well. And so, you know, that might have been the, the thought process behind it. But at the same time, it, it is a little bit of an exposing system against such a dynamic team as the North Carolina Courage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think you've got to, I mean, you also have to keep in consideration that this is kind of a rival game. Um, you know, they, they play it like that. It's super physical. There's a lot of emotions going on it. And I think for, I don't think, I think in their meetings, they've never, like, it's always been a one something game, like one, zero, two, one, whatever it is. Like it's never been multiple goals. And so for them to score, I think the surprise factor is, is that they scored four goals. Um, but I mean, even in this game, Portland outpossessed North Carolina, but North Carolina outshot Portland. So then you start to think like, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week about how, you know, teams are like some of these teams that are winning have the lower possession. So is the, you know, the possession may look good and feel good and whatever, but the ones that are, you know, having a tendency to capitalize are the ones that are the counterattack style type of teams. And North Carolina is that team. I mean, they, they keep the ball, but a lot of their goals come from capitalizing on bad mistakes that someone else makes. And it's just fast. It's high energy. It's quick. And it's, you know, two or three passes in the box goal. And so I think that's the difference you're going to see between them and Portland. Um, but I did love the physicality of the game. I thought it was super physical and it was fun to watch. And uh, I think a few says, people were getting a little upset. <laughs> says the former center back. Uh, love the physicality, <laughs> says the former center back. Yeah, I mean, I, it's anytime you're going to get Williams and McDonald up top with Dunn yeah. and Demina, you're going to find yourself under a fair bit of pressure pretty low. Uh, yeah. And Portland is a type of team that likes to build. A little less yep. so now with Ekstrom playing as opposed to AD French. But they're still trying to get themselves through the thirds. Yeah. And with the three at the back, now your outlets are a lot closer to you. And so if Emily Mingus is under a bit of pressure, Hubley and Reynolds are so much closer to her that now you can actually, Dunn and McDonald still might be able to get there and apply the secondary pressure point as well. So it's a harder, like, if you have four, maybe it's a bit more stretched out and you force McDonald and Williams to split. You force Dunn and Dabinia to maybe to get higher up the field towards their fullbacks. And so it, it just didn't seem to work out with the pace and power that North Carolina had on the day. Um, yeah. You know, and, who knows uh, how that would go differently. It probably won't be – you're still looking at this being potentially a, a playoff-type matchup. And so I think at the end of the day, this yeah. is going to be a, a blip. I don't think this is indicative of what we would see in playoffs, even though it feels maybe yeah. kind of like a playoff rivalry. I don't think this right. is the kind of game we would see in an actual no. playoff game. I think no. Portland is much more suited to – get a victory and a result off of North Carolina, um, you know, potentially more so than most teams. Maybe Seattle might be yeah. might be one, and yeah. Chicago got the tie, I think, by matching them player for player. But I think right. Portland is definitely in that category of, like, yeah, they could definitely take, take a victory off of North Carolina, even at their right. strongest. 
Yeah, well, and I think the one positive, I would say a big one for North Carolina, not even necessarily the win, was seeing Williams back. Because, I mean, Williams has been out with hamstring, and I think to have her back, she scored two goals, um, the PK, and then she scored another one. So I think having her back in kind of the rhythm and in the team was a good thing um, for them. Uh, and I think going forward, you know, people are going to have to sort her out because she's so dangerous and she's so dynamic. She's not just one dimensional. So she's got a lot of different things going for her. And I think that's going to be something for teams that they're going to have to start, you know, now that she's back, how are they going to handle her up top? Yeah. I mean, playing, I mean, she's one of the players that plays with her back to the goal. Right. And so it's one of those where McDonald's obviously going forward over the top. Yeah. And it was a little bit different when you had Dunn because Dunn tends to just be everywhere. And so she's not necessarily yeah. just along the back line holding up play, uh, interacting with Hinkle, interacting with Sabrani. Dunn was kind yeah. of all over the place. And so McDonald was almost left as a single forward a lot of times. Right, right. Lynn Williams in there, you have a back-to-goal hold-up player who's got pace, who can beat you in behind. She's just, like you said, just so many threats. So, uh, you know, definitely a, a good positive, you know, trying to keep people healthy. And we'll talk about this a little bit later, too, but it's like trying to keep people healthy along the backside yeah. half of the season. Uh, it's going to be a big-time, big-time situation. And so, but moving to the weekend, moving to the weekend, first matchup of the week was Utah Royals versus Sky Blue. And Utah Royals come away with a 2-1 victory. Fair fair result on watching the game there, Sierra? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a fair result. I think um, for Utah, it's a good one because it's, I think, their first road win. So I think that's good for them. I think that's a big-time takeaway. Um, but I think overall, I think it's a fair result. I think, you know, Utah, this is one of the cases, you know, we've been talking about how a lot of those teams have been – the lower possession teams have been winning, and this was one where – the higher possession team won. Um, and I think the pressure that Utah gave that, you know, offensively and defensively against uh, New Jersey, I think they just played very well. Um, this was a case you've got to keep in mind that lots of people were gone. And this is where we start to get into people were gone. People were missing, you know, um, you know, New Jersey's threats, Carly Lloyd and McCaskill were gone. And so I think you saw, I think, positive they got a goal but on the negative side I do think it hurt them not having those two in the center of the field and so I think um I think it's a great result for Utah I think I'm not surprised I think they're high pressure I think they're 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 on a little bit of a roll right now and so I think you know see where that momentum takes them yeah it's a this is the start I mean we got getting onto weekend games multiple multiple players out good to see Barnhart getting getting the game. So obviously yep. with Abby Smith uh, getting called up to the national team. Uh, Barnhart's yep. in goal, which is I mean, if she's not the the best number two in the league, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know who is. You know, so I mean, right. like you have Sheridan on one end and Barnhart on the other, and you yep. you look at that and you go, man, like you you almost. If you were thinking which one was the number two, you'd have to, you know, wonder who you'd be thinking that was going to be. But I think uh, it was right. good to see Barnhart from the goalkeeper standpoint. Good to see Barnhart yeah. in the game, getting herself in, getting the touches, uh, you know, getting minutes. Uh, big yeah. fan of, of hers just generally. But yeah, I mean, Abby Smith gone. Um, you know, you you just have 
too many pieces. It it seemed to me this game wasn't it was rested on moments and not on yep. like an entire battle of play. Because mm-hmm. I think the first goal was obvious was kind of in the runner play for Utah. Yeah. Against runner play for Sky Blue's goal, but completely deserved. I actually yep. I thought a fair result for Sky Blue would have been a tie. Yeah. Um, but it's you know, at the end of the day, just a bit too much pressure, you know, yeah. towards the, this is probably where you see Laura Harvey's personality as a coach yep. come yep. through yep. in a team yep. <laughs> towards the end there, just go, 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 yep. you know, get the ball in, like her energy on the touchline, you know, yep. just kind of willing people to get the ball into the correct positions. And that's ultimately what happened. I mean, it's an unfortunate own goal for Freeman. But yeah. that's willed, I would say, by just the culture of how Utah's going to go with their coach being Laura Harvey. Yeah, well, I think and for New Jersey, I think the one thing I would take away from them is, is I think the one thing that I think added such a positive offensive presence was Raquel Rodriguez coming in in the second yeah. half. That she was really good. And it's, you know, that's my... She came in on the 62nd minute. How absolute stud player in college. <laughs> uh, yeah. And right. on a team that's maybe lacking a bit of an offensive punch, you know, where where is her role going to be on the second half of the season? Is she going to be able to find more time in that attack? You know, she's a pretty versatile player as well. Has the ability to yeah. play in the center of the park you know, all three positions on the front line, I, that would be, you know, where can she find more minutes to maybe impact the game more yeah. so? Well, At some I point, it's trying something new. With uh, McCaskill. I think if she can work with McCaskill and Lloyd, I think to see what that combination would look like. I think New Jersey's missing something. And maybe to put that combination and see what it looks like might add a little bit of firepower. So it'd be interesting to see what they kind of do after her performance. Yeah, it, I mean, it's and it's actually a New Jersey team. Missy McCaskill, missing Lloyd, obviously, but you're you're actually still talking about a bench that isn't. You have Jen Hoy comes on, Dominique Richardson <laughs> comes on, Raquel Rodriguez comes on. Like these are quality, quality players. Lamonic Dorsey didn't get in the game. I mean, it's, it's not as though their their sub bench is void of talented players who can work and hustle. It's right. so it. I, I don't know where the where the change is for one point. Sky Blue has played the fewest games of anybody in the in the league so far. So maybe there's something to say about you know they're still moving towards. 10, 11, 12 games like everybody else. And maybe there's some points on the board there for them to pick up as they, you know, finish their games at hand. Yeah. The Washington Spirit and Chicago Red Stars, a 2-0 win for Chicago in Washington at the Maryland Sports Complex. This game, (laughs) so (laughs) storylines galore on this game, yes? Yeah. I mean, you have the storm knocks the game back six hours. 
And I don't know what it is about the Chicago Red Stars, but they are very, very good when it's torrential downpour or yeah, it's like it's negative 50 degrees outside. Yeah. <laughs> like whenever, whenever the weather is like, Rory uh-huh. Davis and his staff has got to be thinking, how can we figure out how to play these games in the frozen Alaska and tundra? Like, because they yeah. win all <laughs> matches, like every one of those. Mm high adversity matches they're winning so it's a uh, good on the chicago red stars but again no you know lots of players out yeah you're missing um, a ton yeah i mean for the spirit you know obviously the biggest one is is pew's injury kind of keeping her out of the side but the spirit also were able to hold on to sullivan as well yeah. which was an interesting Sullivan and Lavelle both not neither called into the camp. I guess Lavelle called yeah. in earlier yesterday, um, or the day before on Sunday or something like that. But yeah. was available for the game, so you still actually have their kind of U.S. national team players. Um, you could consider yeah. Hatch in there as well, who's gotten call ups. Smith as well has gotten call ups. So you have they have basically their full complement more or less. Um, yeah but we're still not able to take care of business versus a certainly depleted uh, yeah. Chicago Red Stars. Well, I think that's the big, big takeaway for Chicago. Like, I think if you, t- if you take any game away this week, I think that's the one where you go, what a result for them, because they played in really, really crappy weather. They were missing Nair, Huerta, and Ertz. I mean, they're missing – top-notch people on their team. Yeah. It's the best goalkeeper still in, the, in the league right now, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and they get a, you're getting a shutout, yeah. and you scored two goals. I mean, that's so impressive to me that they were able to take care of business in that manner against essentially minus now a full-strength Washington spirit. Yeah, and it's not like a call-up is what dropped Mal out. You know, she's – She's right, on an injury, right. and so that's just bound to that's just bound to happen. Chicago certainly would be the last team to talk about injury woes, you know, with with as many people <laughs> yeah. as that they've had out injured over the first twelve games of the season. So I mean, right. absolutely. I mean, I think I'll start with Emily Boyd. Oh, like oh my goodness, like she did nothing for ninety two minutes, and then had what. I, I'm gonna say it was the save of the week for sure. Uh, yeah, especially for a rookie yeah. in her first game to concentrate yep. for 92 minutes and make that save uh, for me was huge. Um, you know, Sarah Gordon was big time shutting things down. Uh, you know, Aaron Gilliland made it very very difficult with her pace uh, versus right. you know because you've got Smith playing higher now. Smith is playing up top. Yep. So now Gilliland is able to kind of get in behind her much, much easier yeah. instead of Smith kind of being a fullback and taking that pressure on. So it was an interesting uh, tactical game for Jim and Rory to kind of go back and forth on how they were putting their lineups together. Uh, but a few players, I mean, just really, really standing out in this situation. Uh, Rosie White starting. That's a huge coming off injury. Yep. Uh, Short and DiMernardo did not play but we're on the bench. Um, And then that's all leading up to the salvo of Kerr getting another goal, you know, in back-to-back games, you know. So she scored two last match, even though obviously they infamously got punished. But 
I mean, if Kerr's going to score goals every game yeah. like she did last time, it's gonna yeah, be for, yeah. for Sky Blue. It's gonna be hard to to beat a Chicago team. Yeah, uh, it's really difficult. Like that. Yeah, but, and I thought Nagasato did well. I mean, she scored a goal too, and Mott's did well. I think Chicago just looked good. I thought they, you know, what's funny is I think they were actually outpossessed by Spirit, but they, I just thought they played well. I think they looked. I mean, even in the crappy conditions and whatever, they looked crisp and clean for missing people on their team. So I think that that's a positive for them. They took away from that is, is that, you know, maybe didn't, you know, get this possession right away. But, I mean, I just think that they looked solid. They were getting good chances. They finished their chances. Defensively, they were solid. Um, you know, I just think that they did a very good job. Yeah, it, the the possession thing is, is an interesting question in this game for me because – there's two two things that I'll say about possession. One, I think it shows that they were maybe a little bit smarter about playing in these adverse yep. conditions and not yep. just trying to keep the ball along the ground all the time. Yep. It was stopping. It was rolling too yep. far. It was coming short. Yep. It was completely unpredictable. So I think you have yep. maybe a little bit more of a savvy team in Chicago who decided, hey, let's yep. just go forward and kind of avoid the – the mess that is yeah. the ball. And the second right. thing is, is Rory Dames has had this kind of, you know, Sofia Huerta's on Lifetime last week uh, talking about how they're trying to play like Man City and this really yeah. kind of keep the ball kind of a game. But this match and even maybe to the second half of last week's match versus Portland, they haven't really seemed to do that. And it seems no. like they have been pretty successful. Yeah. with how they're getting Kerr into the attack and getting her closer to the ball, closer to the right. goal with the ball. And so the question here now is like, I mean, I understand it came off a free kick, but you're like, that's her game. <laughs> it's like, right, right, if, you, right. if you put the ball close to the box, she's going to figure out a way to score. Offset plays, in the run of play, however it is. So how does that move forward? Is there maybe a shift in the back half of the season for Chicago? Uh, right. to work with Kerr more, uh, or do they keep trying to kind of play as Huerta gets back, you know, as you get Ertz back and you get your players. And Morgan Bryan has uh, been rumored to be coming back. And the Twitter was a light last week about Morgan <laughs> Bryan coming back from from Leon, um, you know, and she's slated to go back to Chicago after that trade. Right. So. Now that's you're talking about. Now that's one heck of a midfield yeah. <laughs> with Di Bernardo back, uh, getting fit with um, Morgan Bryan, Julie Ertz, uh, Nagasato, like Rosie yeah, White. Like that's that might be the last little bit of piece that they were that they were missing. missing. So you don't, I mean, yeah. this could be a real, real burner for them. And I think they're getting yeah. good, like their defense is holding up too. They'll get short back. Um, Sam Johnson out injured, but I mean, Sarah yeah. Gordon has played well uh, in that state. So Chicago, yeah. I mean, I feel like we're saying this every week. It's like, man, like what can they be when they become whatever it is that they can become? Uh, yeah, but maybe just right. maybe 
the the sun is starting to shine on on their play halfway through. Right. The yeah, courage again. Interesting to see. Courage again, playing Houston. One-one <laughs> uh, draw. Yeah. Uh, Sierra is not particularly fond of this match. Uh. No, I'm not at all. I, here's the thing. I think it's hard because, and people are going to probably be upset with me at Houston, but whatever. I think, you know what, to be honest, it's a great result for Houston because they do pick up the point. They get the point, which any points help at this point in time. Um, and I think they're doing a good job, like we've talked about before, of picking off points off people. Um, however, you've got to kind of look at this on the other side of it and go, okay, North Carolina doesn't have six starters. <laughs> yes, I said that right. Six. They are missing six starters. So you're missing your entire team. So, like, yes, it's a good result for Houston because they picked the points up, and that is a positive. Um, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Houston. But in the same breath, you're also going, what's the result of this game if six of the Courage players are in the game? Yeah, I mean, if it's Golden State, <laughs> you know, this is the Golden State Warriors, and they don't have Steph yeah. Curry. If they don't have Steph Curry and KD, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you just like, take those away. Like, what's gonna happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I like, I get what you're saying. I, I definitely get what you're saying. It, it was, it was kind I mean, of just a next player up, though. I mean, like, they didn't change yeah. anything. They lost six starters, no. and Paul Riley just this is how we play, and he just inserted players into the system, yep. and they just kept yep. right on rolling. Uh, yep. So, I mean, from the just the tactical standpoint, it's interesting that there was no, you know, there's no adjustment to kind of get Ricario and Kuramura extra help in the midfield. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, I don't think it would be a shock to say this, that they're not exactly Mewis yeah. and Zerboni. Right, right, right. <laughs> so right. I mean, it's kind of an interesting, you know, you, you almost maybe need somebody extra in there uh, where Simon, right. Mathalo, and Shim are, you know, I mean, Mathalo's not a veteran of the league or anything, but these are yeah. more players that have more minutes under their belt. Yeah, more seasoned. More seasoned players. And so I think that's a, it's an interesting – he just kind of inserted players in, and they were able to still kind of do what North Carolina has done, which is make yeah. sure that they at least get the result that is necessary yeah. for, for them. I mean, a draw yeah. in this instance, like you say, missing six players is probably fine. Uh, I mean, it's it's still interested to see when when the Houston. I mean, I don't know about and Houston people might just not. They might just start turning us off at this point if, <laughs> between the both of us. But it, it feels to me like at some point it feels a little lucky. I'm just going to say, <laughs> I mean, like it just feels yeah. a little like the goals that are getting scored feel a little bit fortunate to me. Yeah. And, yeah. And maybe, you know, in three weeks, four weeks time in 10 weeks time, when, you know, they book a place of the playoffs, you know, both of us are going right. to have to come on here and eat our words, but it's, it feels a little fortunate to me the way that they're scoring these goals. And I, I don't know when if that's going to change or teams going right. to kind of start to key in on right. the pace and movement of daily in Ohio. Oh, yeah. you know, kind of the decoys that Prince is putting out there. Yeah. It just feels a little bit like fortunate for Houston over this last bit of a run. And we'll see, yeah. you know, hopefully, I mean, hopefully for them, they can, 
keep it moving forward and kind of turn it into a system, but it doesn't feel like it's a style of play necessarily to me. No, and I think they've got, you've got, I mean, I think, I think the point of, you know, Prince being in there, I think they found the right combination and they finally got three in there up top that are hard to work, like are hard to figure out. And I think that's what's been throwing teams off. But my thing would be is, I guess, second half of season slash playoffs, if they make it, people are going to figure that out. You're not going to throw anybody off anymore. So you're going to have to be able to defend. You're going to have to be able to have a solid midfield. You're going to have to be, I mean, like all these pieces are going to have to fall in place in the right way. And I do feel like, I don't know. I just, I think it's hard. I think this game's a hard evaluation because like I said, you're missing six starters. Is the game different if, you have all of those six in the game starting and playing. Not that the North Carolina Courage six people that stepped up and played were terrible because I thought they did a good job, but I think in the same breath, they're not the six starters. There's a reason that the six starting are the six starting. And so I think what do they do? You know, if you play this match next week and everybody's back, what does it look like? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I guess Houston's argument is going to be you can only play the game that's in front of you, right? And so it's you know, it's one of those uh, one of those kind of things for Houston of just kind of trying to backpedal onto the other side here a little bit. Of course, but it's of course. I mean, good on them, and they've done what they're supposed to do, and I think that that's you know, for Houston, still yep. defensive questions. Um, yep. But at the same time, picking points off people. Taking points. I mean, you know, they, they've gotten, you know, I think at this point, when's the last time Houston's lost a game? I mean, God, I don't four know. Four or five games, hasn't it? Something like that. I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, been a, it's been a hot minute. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely the hottest team in the league right now. Like, just, I mean, I guess you consider North Carolina, but just on fire as far as getting results, Houston is definitely, you know, towards the top of yeah. that. So, I think. Good for them, that front three, absolutely. But I, I do think eventually teams are going to go, okay, lock down daily with two, yep. pull your fullbacks in slightly, and cover yep. Ohio and Prince, give them a three-yard cushion, and when the ball goes, pick it out and go back the other way. So, I mean, like, yep. eventually, I think, I think the reckoning is coming. But yep. Houston, Houston fans certainly proved me wrong. At any point, no problem with that <laughs> at all. Uh, final game of the week, Seattle versus Orlando, 0, zero. Uh Again, nobody in town. <laughs> I think this game's the same. I think it's a fair result. I think you've got, you know, Morgan's missing, Ashlyn Harris is missing, Zdarsky's missing, Megan Rapinoe's missing, Allie Long's missing, and then Pride had Marta Hill and Krieger are all out with injuries. I mean, I just think it's a fair result for the game. I think both teams, if they're full strength, it would be a really good game to watch. But I think 0 0 is pretty fair. I think they, they're all missing top top-notch players. Um, I think, you know, the Pride's probably missing a couple more than uh, Seattle was. Um, but I do think that, I mean, it's a decent result for both teams. I don't think it's hard when all those players are missing. <laughs> it's, it's actually a pretty good game for Orlando, given their yep. Up. yep. When you look at it, I mean, they still had, yes, Seattle still has Yanez, Yutsuki, and Fishlock. Yep. 
starting the midfield. Well, and, now I get yeah, it, Ali then, Long has been big for them. But yep. those Yutsugi, Yanez, and Fishlock have also been very, very good for them as well. Yeah, so I yeah. think that, that part is but it doesn't give you any attacking ability, and that's probably exactly what you see in this game. It's like, well, yep. but now we can't score. So Yeah, everybody everybody can keep the ball really good, but scoring was a little bit missing because everybody's attacking like front line. I mean, minus obviously like Ashlyn Harris was called up, but I mean like all of Orlando's attack and all of <laughs> Seattle's like core attacking people were missing. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, it's all forwards <laughs> that are gone. And so, and Kawasumi just isn't necessarily a goal scorer. Um, no. So it probably rests on Taylor then to play and to be the one to, yeah. to get the goals. LaRue, is a goal scorer, but needs the added help like she had last week versus yep. Chicago to get those, yeah. you know. So she needed the service from Marta. She needed the service uh, from players kind of pulling off and looking for Alex Morgan uh, to open yep. her up. And so it's a little bit harder when you could just kind of key in on LaRue and right. keep her maybe in front of you a little bit more. But, yeah, 0-0, zero, yeah. zero, I'm not going to – labor the point i guess it's it's hard to deal in in the tactical nuances of a team when there's no patterns because these games don't have the players in them that with the exception of north carolina everybody basically changed how they played exactly maybe seattle as well but you know most everybody changed how they played because they just didn't have the team that they necessarily would always start so the, with that said, though, we're at the international break, roughly halfway through. Um, North Carolina at, on top uh, with 30 points, uh, 12 games played. Seattle Reign with 18 points. Third is Orlando with 16. Then there's two teams at 15, Portland and Chicago. Right now, with the tiebreakers, Portland would make the playoffs if they started today. And Chicago would be looking out. Utah and Houston right on their heels at 14 points. And then there's the gap, I would say, uh, eight points yeah. for Washington and the lonely draw for Sky Blue <laughs> versus Chicago, I believe. Um, so yeah. one, one point for Sky Blue in nine games. What is, what's the standout to you in kind of, I mean, let's call this halfway. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think I think right now you have. I mean, and I've said it from the beginning. I think you have a clear standout right now. Is who's going to knock North Carolina off? I think you know. Are they? The question to me will be: Is are they peaking too soon? Because there are they are on. You know, they haven't lost a game, and you know, and a lot of us as coaches always say, you know, you don't want to peak the first three games, ten games of the season. You want to peak when you go to playoffs. <laughs> That's when you want to peak. You want to be playing your best soccer, your best whatever at that point so the question will be you know how long can north carolina sustain it can north carolina even if they drop a couple games in the next coming weeks can they sustain that dominance because when they get on there they've been really good can they continue to do that and then i think for us to figure out what's that middle of the pack gonna do who's gonna make it because i think honestly based off of they and that half of the season anybody could go like based off of, I mean, if you look at Portland, Orlando, Chicago, Utah, Houston, I feel like you can't definitively be like, Oh no, so-and-so is better than so-and-so. 
Well, like, who do you, who do you think would go? So, given what uh, you've seen in the first half, I mean, like, what's your end of season? Like, do you uh, who, who's my, in my three top four? four? Yeah, my so my three and four. I've got you know, obviously North Carolina. I think in Seattle, stay where they're at. Um, I think three and four is a flip. I would say potentially. I'm gonna just say it: Orlando and Chicago. I think Chicago makes it. I think they've done a good job of playing well. I don't. I think Portland. And I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with the way they showed against North Carolina. I don't think anything like that. I don't know. I feel like other teams can pick off points from them. Um, and I think Chicago does a good job. I think if Sam Kerr can hit her stride, and we've seen it, she's hey, she's finding some goals now. If she can continue to do that, I think like you said earlier, Sam Kerr scores, it's going to be hard to beat them. Um, you know, and does, you know, Brian come back and play on Chicago, that changes the whole dynamic of that team. <laughs> So I think you're looking at a team that they've got to pick. I think it's going to be diligent. You know, it's going to be very important for them to pick up points. Um, and then I think with the firepower you've got at Orlando, I mean, it could go any way, to be honest. But I feel like Orlando just with Morgan, with Martha, you know, LaRue, you just got, I mean, you've got a deadly attacking group. Um, and so I think that that's something to keep an eye on. But I do think, I mean, I think Chicago can really pull it out if they if they hit that stride. And like I said, Sam Kerr keeps scoring. They, they it's going to be really hard to stop them. Yeah, I mean, I probably I don't know that I could split the hairs a bit. I mean, both or Portland and Chicago have given up 16 goals so yep. far this season, uh, which is a lot of goals. Uh, for the year, yeah. I mean, if you if you even look at it, it's what the uh, 18s. Sky Blue's only given up 16 as well, so they just haven't yeah. scored. So Sky Blue has one point, and Portland and Chicago both have 15, and they've given right. up the same number of goals. So of goals. defensively, it's one of those teams, Portland or Chicago, is going to have to lock down defensively, and that's going yep. to be the difference for me in yep. winning these matches. It's going to be yep. – now, Chicago would probably make the argument they, you know, they buckled a fiver to, to Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then Portland, I guess, could come back and say they buckled four to, to North Carolina. Right. As well. But you're – I think the defensive momentum is going to be the key for those two yep. teams where neither of them really have defensive momentum right now. Uh, we'll so, find out. They play each other June 16th. Absolutely. I mean, and it's <laughs> going to be it's going to be a massive match, right? I mean, and yeah. if you're looking at it still being three, four to either team, I think it's going to be a hard, hard sell. And that's when I would say, if both of those teams continue to struggle defensively, that's when I'd say, hmm, maybe a sneak in yep. by a team like Utah, yep. who has not been able to really score a lot of goals. Um, having you know at this point scored nine goals uh, yep. in in comparison, Chicago scored sixteen, and Portland has scored fifteen. So they're not necessarily scoring a lot of goals, but Utah give has up, given up eight. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, they don't give up very many goals over the course of a season. Defense for me is going to be a large indicator. And I think yep. if Portland and Chicago continue to struggle on the defensive end, uh, you might see a little bit of a sneak a in sneak. there by Utah. Yep. Um, 
And so that would be that would be my only like little dark horse. I mean, one of those yep. teams, you know, is gonna is going to be out of those three. Yep. And, and so we'll see how it goes. But I think defense is gonna is gonna win the uh win the playoffs here. And Who I knows? Think, Houston could sneak up there. You never know. But, oh, now Sierra's jumping <laughs> back on the Houston wagon. I see. <laughs> Don't don't fall for Houston fans at Sierra Joseph eleven. Uh, <laughs> let her know how you feel. Uh, oh gosh. So, but yeah, it's. I mean, I see exactly the the bottom of the table. I think it's going to remain the bottom of the table, and North Carolina yep. the problem for them. Not the problem, but if this was the FAWSL and you were playing to a final table, we'd be like. This is, you know, a Man City like, yeah. uh, you know, Chelsea for on the women's side this year, who I don't think <laughs> lost a game on their entire no. way to their championship run. So mm-hmm. it's very similar to that sort of a thing, but that's not where in the states where our season ends. So I think they would be right. wholly disappointed again if they were had such a successful season yeah. and somebody was able to throw them off their game for 90 minutes and they yeah. weren't able to win the title. And so it's going to be a, yeah. we'll see what Paul Riley is putting in the, in his back pocket for maybe later. It's in the season. going to be a battle. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these teams <laughs> are halfway through and, you know, it's going to be a battle. I mean, it'll be interesting. Well, for the rest of the season, we will, uh, you'll get to hear from Sierra and I and, and a few other people uh, for the rest of the season. As this battle rages on, we will, uh, you know, we'll try to bring it to you, and and hopefully, as we move forwarding it a little closer, we'll, you'll start to really get a better sense of tactically what people are are doing yeah. and adjustments that are yeah. going to be made. It's, it's coaching is going to be huge now. Coaching's yeah, this is going to be. This is, I think, when you're going to see more tactical changes than you have in the past. Because I think the first half of the season, you've seen people just trying to do their thing and do what they're good at and establish their rhythm, establish how they play, how they defend, how they attack. And now it's like you can't just stick with what you're doing. You're going to have to change. I mean, like it'll be interesting to see how Chicago and Portland do in that game. Like what changes are going to be made defensively, offensively, you know, transitionally, like what are we going to see that's different? That's going to get somebody a win or is everyone going to stay the same and then they're just going to tie and that's how they're going to go. Yeah. I think it's the more not wholesale changes, but you've got to make it somewhat unpredictable inside of your system. Yep. Um, Yep. Cause that, that full predictability is going to, it's going to hurt eventually, even for a team like North Carolina. They're going to have to figure out yep. a way to move and adapt and adjust yep. to make the the schemes look just a slightly different. You know, maybe they can't. Well, that's why they struggled the against Chicago. I mean, yeah. Chicago Chicago matched up with them and they couldn't figure out how to get out of, you know, like how they were stuck almost. It was like they kind of got they were trying to force upon Chicago. We're going to do it our way. And you're going to, you're going to bend to our will. And Chicago was like, good, good try. We're going to match up and see how it goes. Yeah. And I think they struggled with it and you're going to have to be able to be, a, you know, a flexible and adapt and go, you know what, that's fine. Match up with us, but now we're going to change it and pull so-and-so out wide or pull so-and-so inside. And now all of a sudden you're going to have to figure it out. 
Well, and that's because you don't want, you know, you get Chicago in a semifinal or a final and they grind you yep. down to a 1-1. Yep. You get through, you know, through overtime into penalties. And yep. now all of a sudden you have the best goalkeeper yep. <laughs> in Good the luck. league in, in penalties. Like, you know, I mean, that's going to be, those are going to be the difference makers. So you're, you're definitely right. going to want to figure out how to get those Ws versus those top teams and maybe move people just a little bit. So we'll be here for the season. Uh, first half, yep. all set, Sierra. International break. We're uh, nothing next week. So go on vacation. Do something fun. Go crazy. Go crazy. Nothing, <laughs> nothing, to, nothing to watch. I guess uh, watch the U.S. games, but uh, exactly. you know, just for fun. So uh, <laughs> appreciate it as always, Sierra. Uh, yep. Thank you all. Everybody, stay tuned. Uh, part three of three with Anthony DeChico. Coming up right now.